Okay, guys and girls, and welcome back to the final edition of the Extended Bench Podcast for the 2018 season. It's been a great year, and as always, I'm joined by my mate Matt on the other side of the desk. How are you doing today, buddy? I am pretty good. Um... Mate. A bit disappointed the season's over. I, I am too, actually. I mean, it feels like such a long ride, but yeah. then, you know, now the fantasy season is done, we've got such a long wait before pre-season starts. We do, and yeah, you just feel like there's going to be that empty mm. empty place for the next six months or so before everything yeah. kicks off again. And I feel bad for those uh, devout salary cap players as well, because you know always know that if you're in a redraft league, or especially a keeper league, mm. there's so much action in the off-season, so for keeper leagues... You're keeping a very close eye on the draft. You're keeping a very close eye on the trade period. You're you're trading players in the off season as well, which is fantastic. I mean, our keeper league, for example, has three trade windows. Yep. Yep. Um, one right. after the draft, one uh, when position changes are announced, and one just before we do our drops uh, draft for the season. Yeah. I always uh, really enjoy our trade night as well when mm. we get all the coaches together and just sit down and throw trades around with each other that's always good fun that's the thing so if you are a salary cap devotee out there you know why not give keeper leagues or give a, a redraft league a go next year because I can tell you this much it'll add so much more enjoyment to your fantasy experience it's absolutely brilliant absolutely so and it always <laughs> helps too with salary cap it lets you think outside the box a little bit for those sort of left field picks that might uh, be a point of difference for you it really does so all right, elephant in the room. How did you go in the grand final, Matt? Uh, what grand final? <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I was not in any grand finals this week. No. Um, but I made some changes to my salary cap team, managed to jump a couple of thousand places. Yeah, so I that was that. a nice way to finish the year off. Yeah, it's, a, it's good. I, I think it was mostly all the ghost ships for people that had already given up for the year. So. Yeah, well, there'd be a lot of people out there who may have lost their prelim final as well and just didn't care enough to change their team or, you know, yeah. put... Play uh, change captaincy, for example, with Tom Mitchell. So I would have, uh, yeah, would have thought that that'd be way, a big reason. What did you do with Tom Mitchell last week? Did you keep him or trade him? I kept him, but I didn't make him captain. So I had too many other problems. I had Rockcliffe in my team, so I needed uh, to get rid of Tom Rockcliffe. Fair enough. Um, and I had Lynott on the field still, leading into a grand <laughs> final oh, so week. You had a few other so I had to upgrade him to a uh, key defender and I had to upgrade Rocky to someone who was halfway decent. <laughs> because, I mean, well, Rocky was out last week as well, so that kind of forced your hand there. There were a few laid outs which were a bit uh, detrimental oh, to people last there week. There were a few laid outs, there were a few injuries as well, which are just horrible. I mean, and then there was the, the shining beacon in all of it, which, I mean, we've got to mention it right off the bat. Jack McRae. He is... There's one person... Every grand final that just steps up <laughs> and just delivers the goods on the, the most important day of the fantasy year. And for salary cap owners, he would be in a lot of teams out there. I think he was in almost 100% of the top 100 teams as well. So, yeah, so it wouldn't have caused too much flux there. But you do notice in draft leagues, this is another element that it drafts add to the game. Uh, if you owned Jack McRae this week you automatically became a big favourite to win your matchup. Yeah. I mean, in our past, uh, you know, in the Keeper League, uh, I've played you in the grand final, uh, and I had Buddy Franklin last year step up and spank out a 176 or something ridiculous. Yes. And I believe the year before, the winner of the grand final in our Keeper League had uh, Nick Rewalt. Nick Rewalt's 200. Yep, so... Which was absolutely outstanding. Someone every year. <laughs> but Jack McRae was just incredible, and you'd think going into drafts next year that he would be the second quickest traded in or second quickest drafted after Tom Mitchell I as a midfielder. So, yeah, I agree. So if you put aside uh, Max Gorn and Brody Grundy as Ruckman, who also mm-hmm. fit into that top four, I mean, whether yeah. that, they might go one and two, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's... <clears throat> probably I, Tom I, Mitchell for security, you'd think, would be pick one. Yeah, I think so. I'd probably go McRae over Grundy and Gorn as well. Mm. Um, but... For just the security of a, a midfielder every week who's guaranteed. So good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I honestly I don't mind either or. Um I would probably go myself, Brody Grundy, with pick one next year, but that's again, it's out on a limb. And we're so far away from that yeah. that it's not funny. Uh, it's making me a little sad actually that, that we're okay. so far away from some more fantasy action. That's yeah, okay. We'll uh, what we want to do now is we want to take a little bit of a dive into some of the players that would have won and that would have lost you a grand final on the weekend. So, um, And we want to take a look at this from the point of view of more so of a draft, because you know everyone has those, knows those players out there. Like Devin Smith was absolutely incredible with his 140 or so, uh, or 152, I think. So you know he would have won a lot of people leagues, obviously. Jack McRae obviously would have won a lot of people <laughs> leagues. 
But I want to take a bit more of a deep dive into okay. some of the yeah. some of the players that would have won and lost you some games. Um, and, you know, might be interesting to look out for next year or avoid next year, actually. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the big one for Hit me, me. <laughs> we've, we've had a bit of a discussion about this all year as well, a bit of to and fro between you and me. Uh, Justin Westhoff. <laughs> and I've, all, for the entire year, I've been on the negative side of the Justin Westhoff ship. And yeah. I jumped on about, I don't know, halfway through his good, good run. It's absolutely amazing how good he's been this year. I mean, he has been absolutely stellar. Uh, but the other point is, you know, get in the grand final, getting 121 as a forward that you would have picked up quite late in drafts or oh, yeah. re- reasonably late. That's outstanding. Yeah, he would have done very well for you. I mean, he's he's just been absolutely incredible. So that grand final performance was terrific. So that's what, five goals, 20 touches, eight marks, two tackles. Pretty complete game, really. Yeah, it was it was outstanding. Um, and especially with, uh, you know, Rocky out. Uh, mm. Wingard was quite solid as well for salary cap owners out there with a 96, but Westhoff was head and shoulders above the other two port players in the forward line for yeah. sure. Or... Well, three if you include Robbie Gray, but I don't include Robbie Gray anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so the, the immediate question is, do you think he can back it up next year? Jesus. Uh, he's getting older, but yeah, I'd say so. I don't know if he can back up this exact scoring from this year, but he's still going to go very well. So he deserves to go a bit higher in draft leagues. Yeah, I agree. Um, an interesting one to think about for next year, because the role does seem to have almost changed slightly. Jamie Cripps from West Coast. Yeah, he's been very good this year, he actually. He has been... Oh, it's mainly been the last two months almost in terms of fantasy scoring. Oh, he was pretty good early in the year as well. Yeah. <clears throat> or you, ha- you have owned him in a draft for a lot of the year. Yeah, so. I picked him up probably about a month or so into the season because mm-hmm. he, or maybe a month and a half because he'd had a good few weeks and he had a, he's had a couple of down patches over the course of the year but across the whole year he's been really solid. Oh, he's been putting s- up like 70s, 80s for fun pretty much. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's been absolutely stellar. He's had a fair few hundreds in the last few weeks as well with 101, 106 and 102 in there. But to get, you know, back that up with 110 in the grand final week, and in a draft team, he's probably going to be one of your mid-tier forwards, if that. I'd suggest he would be your fourth or fifth. Exactly. He'd be one of your last picked guys. Getting a 110 or 100-plus game from those sorts of players, that's what wins you grand finals. Because you're expecting to get 100s at a minimum <laughs> from your premiums. Yep. But if these guys stand up, oh, it just, it's it, gold. It's about who has the best depth in your grand final for drafts, really. Exactly. That's what it comes down mm. to. Jimmy Harms is another one. Exactly like that from Melbourne. Yep. He who has been stellar leading into this. <laughs> I mean... As someone that you might have even picked up off the waiver list this year, in fact, I definitely suggest he you picked him up off the waiver list. <laughs> he would he's... not have been drafted. I can almost guarantee it. He's got three hundreds in the past month leading into this game, with a lower score of seventy nine. So still very solid for a forward, yeah. and he's gone and got one hundred twenty five in the grand final game. Yeah, he's loving that run with role that he's got mm. in the midfield. That does mean he will be a centre only next year. Um, you wouldn't think that he'll have dual position anymore. Um, so this is probably kind of a one-off enjoy for the, uh, hey, the if, time you've had him. Well, what about uh, you know in deeper drafts, mm-hmm. looking at someone that you would be playing in the last position in your midfield? Yeah, I don't hate it as a, as a late pick in a deep draft. Mm. But, I mean, he's this has been a stellar month playing a specific role that's that doing him quite well. That you'd think they'd still do it next year, mm-hmm. but Melbourne does tend to like to throw the magnets around a little bit and come up with some weird and wacky moves. Well, so. it'll be interesting to see what happens when Jack Viney comes back into the mix because Jack Viney does tend to not necessarily play a pure lockdown role, but it's almost the same thing as Harms. So yeah. he looks after a player while being dangerous uh, in the opposition as well. Yeah, uh, but no, Harms has been spectacular. Uh, Jack Steele, your boy. <laughs> I mean, he's another one that leading into the grand final, he would have helped you get there in the first place. But oh, yeah, one hundred and forty-five from a mid-tier midfielder. Yeah, it's amazing. His second half of the year after the bye has just been incredible. No. Pumping out tons for fun, one twenties almost every second week. It's just been <laughs> it's, crazy. No, it's it's been absolutely ridiculous. And um, he's another one actually that's playing that run with roll mm. and just accumulating the ball doing it. Yeah, uh, um, and you can throw Dunkley in there as well. The three guys doing that exact same role, fantasy and all friendly role. Well, yeah, 
It's no, quite interesting, actually. It's good to see because you know back in the day we had a uh, Ryan Crowley and those sorts of players, the hard tagging roles, yeah. and uh, you wouldn't necessarily see high dream team or fantasy scores um, from any of Not them. So much, but now it seems to be you know man them up at the contests and then burn them on the run. Yeah. So try and get as many uncontested marks as you can on your opponent. Uh, last one that I wanted to look at was. And this is another one of your boys. For some reason, I seem to have covered all of your guys. I appreciate it. Trent Dumont. (laughs) We're going to talk about him a little bit later on, actually. Yeah, what are your boys that's burnt you hard in in the past? But he's had a good run into this grand final, and he's got 139. I mean... I've been very high on him for a while now. And, I mean, I wouldn't say he burnt me so much as just he wasn't progressing as quickly as I'd hoped, so I had to... He wasn't living know, up to your expectations, was I just, he? I had to cut him loose to go after something a little <laughs> bit more exciting. But I've had high raps on him for ages. So, he's had, what, 22 games this year for an average of 82.4, but his last five-game average is yep. 104.2. Wow. Including 118 and 139 in the last two weeks. So That's amazing. He's... Uh, I think his coach might have come out in the press and said that it was his best career best game last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to see what North do with their midfield over the off-season. Yep. Because if there's not too many major changes... It, it will be interesting to see because Pollock looks like he's going to be coming into that side. There's, it, there's strong I, trade wins about that. I find that really weird because the whole reason why he left Brisbane all those years ago was to go home mm. to South Australia. Well, I think it's about... Security because they're offering him almost two more years on the contract and also money. They're offering apparently, you know, an extra 300 grand a year. So sometimes yeah. those things are very hard to turn down. Yeah, and it's, I just find it weird. Yeah, and it's not as as if he's up in Brisbane like he was. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's down in Melbourne and that's a lot closer to Adelaide. Yeah, that's true. So but, yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, to see. I, I am interested to see what role Jumon has next year and mm. whether he can back this up because he has been gradually building all year yeah alright we've celebrated some of the guys that would won you the grand final and that's been a lot of fun actually I, I enjoy looking at these it really hurt me to look at some of these scores though I want to I want to mourn with some of the coaches out there oh yeah some of those players that would have absolutely lost you your grand can, final can we play some like sad somber music or do we not have the technical know how to do that well, well, what kind of podcast do you think this is do you think we have we research and bring, bring sound effects come on matt we're we're not as good as that but what we will do is we'll list some of the players that would have absolutely lost you your grand final this week um i have no doubt about that some of these scores are just absolutely woeful um they may have even stopped you from getting into the grand final in the first place so you may have been just oh, okay. throwing rocks at the tv for the past couple of weeks <laughs> Um, so the first one I want to mention, and this guy's really been disappointing since a very key point earlier in the season. I think it was about round six. Oh, I think I know who you're yeah, talking about. Robbie Gray. We, <clears throat> he had that amazing game where he kicked about six goals or something ridiculous. He looked yep. fantastic, but every fantasy coach around the nation looked at that game and went, shit, he is <laughs> going to be played as a full-time forward now. And that pretty much started the... Um the Port Adelaide merry-go-round for the forward line. It did, it? yeah, because Wingard just... was playing up forward before that and then moved into the midfield. Yep. And you just couldn't trust what the f- who was going to be playing where. Exactly. Week by week. Exactly. So there's you just didn't know what was going to happen. And then Rockcliffe came back in and he was playing pure midfield time even though he was listed as a forward. Yep. It was a really confusing time. But the point is, Robbie Gray, 58 in grand final week, and he's someone that you would have drafted reasonably early as well. Yeah, you would have thought so. That's where it hurts because it's when those guys that you're expecting to get a lot more, and I know he's had a down year, but from where you drafted him earlier, you'd be hoping that he would have won you a grand final. That's what you would have drafted him for, as Ho- an elite talent. Hopefully you traded him out if you did draft him early, but you wouldn't. Have, you would have got peanuts for Fingers him, unfortunately. Crossed, but yeah. uh, the next one I want to bring up is a guy that tends to do this very, very often. Um, he always has these runs of about five or six weeks where he looks unbeatable. He's an absolute mm-hmm. world-beater. And you, I saw that smile across your face. You know exactly what I'm referencing. I've got a, there's a few options where it might be. Joel Selwood. Yeah, that was number one. Joel Selwood. <laughs> He's gotten a 75 on the weekend against Gold Coast in a game where Paddy Dangerfield's gotten 150-something. So many Geelong players came out and just slaughtered their opponents. On that, actually, I quite liked your call from last week of mm-hmm. um, Tom Hawkins. Yep. What did, he, what did he get? 115? Yeah, something, something like that. Good call. I yeah. like it. Yeah, no, well, I, was, uh, I was reasonably happy with that. 
Um, I think a lot of coaches around the uh, the nation were pretty <laughs> awake to that sort of thing. So Tom Hawkins was always going to come in and dominate. Um, only needed two goals to get it, which was interesting, though. I thought yeah, he would have kicked a bag. He worked up the ground a bit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Joel Selwood, 75 against Gold Coast. You would have been, fingers crossed, hoping for something above 110 against the worst team, yeah. or one of the worst teams in the comp. I, I don't know. I feel like he, he goes... I mean, you're right. He has those months, months and a half, where he's just world beater. Yeah. But when it's not that time, he tends to lift in the tough games. Mm. In the games that aren't quite as difficult, he doesn't tend to score as much. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's he he does really get in and under in those contested games. Yeah. Um, but that you know it just makes him very unreliable across the entirety of the season. Yeah, so I would have been hoping for a, a, a hundred in a salary cap league. He's on my never again list as well. So he's <laughs> firmly on the never again list because he's he's done this several years in a row where he just looks like an absolute champion for a short period of time and then just falls away. So very you quickly. wouldn't even consider him as a bring him in for a month. <laughs> well, you during have... that period and then ditch him on the first sign of him dropping off. May, I mean, maybe, but that's the thing. You have to really pick it because otherwise, if you wait three weeks, you might only get one week of it and then have to ditch him the week after. Yeah. It's really tough in salary cap leagues. All right, the next one I want to list is a guy who, I mean, he, I suppose a little bit of a let off. He's, he was coming back from an injury, but he came back in last week and he spanked out a big hundred. Um, mm-hmm. So players would have held him, coaches would have held him in their team, hoping for a return in the grand final. Nat Fife came out with uh, 57 yeah. against Collingwood. I mean,. Look, again, he's coming back from injury, but your first game back when you do pump out 100, that would have given your coaches hope, yeah. and they would have absolutely played him on the field, no issue, and that 57 is a yeah, big cost. He's another one that would have gone really early in drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, that injury did suck. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that, so don't look too negatively upon an injury. Yeah. But a 57 in the grand final when you're fit enough to play, not yeah. good enough. And I'm positive there would have been some coaches in draft leagues that actually would have traded him in while he was injured. Yeah. They would have done a bit of a, well, he's injured, he's not helping you, but he'll help me in finals. I'll mm-hmm. give you something for five. Yeah. He would have burned them if they'd done that trade. Mm. It's yeah, it's just not the best there, unfortunately. Uh, another one is, and this guy, I'm sure a lot of coaches would have jumped off, but just in case you were still languishing with him in your team... Ed Kernow. Oh, yeah. How Ed. big a drop-off was that? Um, I mean, midway yeah. through the season, he this guy, if you tried to trade him into your team in a draft league, you would have been paying huge overs for what he was worth in the, um, in the end of the season. Yep. And, you know, if you bought him in in salary cap, you probably would have been playing almost top dollar for him. He would have been a, a top four mid about, I don't know, round six yeah. or so of the year. Yeah. Probably top four mid. Absolutely. Well, he was firmly locked into uh, Roy from uh, Dream Team Talks uh, rolling 22, and he was absolutely in our top eight as well. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, as recently as mid-season, he mm, was in our top eight. He definitely was, but he just fell away. I don't know whether... I mean, it could have been roll. It could have just been Colton got so poor and uncompetitive towards the end of the season. I mean, but the unfortunate uh, result of that is he got a 56 in the grand final week and it's just hurtful to coaches out there. Yeah, that hurts. Just is painful. Um, Last one, I could have raffled this off between a bunch (laughs) of Richmond players as well. And of course, there are a lot of players out there who perform poorly and I don't want to highlight some players who got injured in grand final week as well, like Dom Tyson as a mid-ranged, you know, sort of midfielder. Yeah. Uh, getting injured on 42 would have hurt so many coaches out there. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't want to highlight those sorts of guys because yeah. there's nothing you can do. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of Richmond players who underperformed for draft league owners. Jaden Short was poor with a score in the 20s this week. Um, Josh Caddy, 46 in grand Ooh. final week after a very consistent year. He's had an awesome year as well. Yeah. yeah that would have really hurt. He's had an, a close to all-Australian year. I know that he's included in the footman squad of 40. We were talking yeah. about this before the podcast. You're, uh, I'd like to see him in the squad. I think he's had that good a year. Yeah, I I, I think that while, yes, he has had an absolutely Sorry, brilliant year. In the team, I should say. Yeah, in the team. Um, in the squad. Uh, I think some of the other small forwards or half forwards like... Um, Probably Robbie Gray, just from a, mm. you know, obviously from fantasy point of view, he's been quite bad. But from a pure AFL point yeah, of view, been he's been good. spectacular. Um, and, you know, Luke Bruce as well has been very, very good. Uh, but Josh Caddy, 46 in the grand final week. It's not oh, what you want. Not good enough. No. It's just, it's awful. Kills you. Yeah, so, all right, I, I'm done with morning. I can't, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about the negatives anymore. All right. Well, shall oh. we 
move to something potentially a little bit more exciting um, who we think might be someone to look at for next year. Absolutely. I want to talk about some of the guys to look at in draft leagues, maybe in salary cap as well. Yep. Uh, yep. But it's always easier to have a bit of a research into draft leagues. Because yeah, the salary cap's very much based on the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while we can make guesses at this stage... We, we don't know firmly what prices are going to be. Yeah. And we also don't know what rookies are going to be available. Um, exactly. Whereas rookies aren't particularly necessary in draft leagues. They're very important in salary cap. Yep, so. Exactly. So these are some guys probably from a more of a draft perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're going to put on our early watch list. Yep. Um, see how their pre-seasons go. Uh, we might ditch them from the watch list, but <laughs> yeah. um, they're interesting ones for now. So mm-hmm. um, one of them we've already talked about already, Trent Dumont. Yeah. It hurts me to talk about him, but yeah, it's he's been that good in the past month and a half. Yep. And it's really important. I mean, uh, I think Selby, the uh, the coach of... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Moira's Magic? Um, I was the, thinking the, of Moira's Magic. Moira's Magic, yeah. It's, um, the, anyway, I, the team... We should that, probably say as well, spectacular effort from congratulations him. Congratulations as well. It was back amazing. I'm still not 100% sure how that's going to work out with the Land Cruiser, whether or not it is the person who registered first and who that is. Um, but By the way, hats off. That pretty, is... That's a fantastic like, effort. Doing well in salary cap, there is a lot of luck involved. Backing it up year after year... That's not luck. That's, that's not skill. Luck. He knows exactly what mm-hmm. he's doing. He is a jet. Yeah. So, but he did yeah. release a um, uh, like an information packet. You mm-hmm. could, I, I think, purchase it and it would uh, donate to charity at the start of the year, um, which you know mapped out how important it was to track that second half of the season. Um, because, and you know, he successfully predicted how poor Zach Merritt was going to be at the start of the year. Um, how poor Jack Billings was going to be at the start of the year. And these were players that a lot of coaches, including ourselves, locked in. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, players like Trent Dumont, he's had an excellent second half. So And not a big enough name to get any attention next mm, year. So Exactly. And in draft leagues, he's going to slide. So keep an eye out for him in the later rounds. Because he's not a name. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, number two, Tom Scully. Tom Scully is so interesting. I mean, he's missed out on the entire year. Yeah, he actually played in round two. Did he? Which I had completely forgotten about till I actually looked at his numbers. I oh, think he scored right. 23 okay. in round two. <laughs> so he got in, re-injured himself, He got re-injured. Basically. He's owned by 37% of Ultimate Footy League, so you'd think they're primarily keeper leagues. Yeah. Um, but there's probably some keeper leagues where he's on the waiver wire. Our keeper league, he's on the waiver wire. And those leagues... <laughs> I, know, I know you've been keeping a close eye on that. Those leagues, people will have just forgotten about him. Mm. And he will slide under the radar a little bit next year in redraft because his average is that low. He'll be way down the lists. Mm. There'll be a lot of new coaches or there'll be a lot of coaches who just rely on printing off uh, a list of the averages from players. And then they miss a lot of these guys who have had underperformed in the year or been injured. You can pick them up very cheap. And and while I'm not saying he's a world beater, he's not going to win you your league or your grand final necessarily... He's a very solid depth mid. Mm-hmm. And consistent. To, and he's consistent. You'll be able to get him quite late. So he's one to just keep at the back of your mind. I like it. Um, who else we got here? Tim Taranto. All right. This guy is... I mean, he's one of my boys. I love Tim Taranto. And he would have become a lot of coaches' boy as well. Yeah. yeah. So it might be strange to hear his name mentioned because he, such, he had such a good year. Mm-hmm. 21 games, average 90.9. But his last five games, he went at 94.8. And his last three games at 98.7. Mm. And I think he's got another couple of steps to go. Mm. So he, this is his second year. So next year is his traditional third year breakout. <laughs> so he's he's completely ignored the second year downturn, the second yep. year blues. Um, just burst onto the fantasy scene. And yeah, I, I honestly think that he can improve hopefully year on year. Mm-hmm. Um, the only worry for me is that he may be a midfield only prospect next year. I agree. That, that's the only worry. <clears throat> I agree. That could be a concern. But and but he is that good that in deeper yeah. draft leagues, he could be absolutely worth a pick in the midfield as well. Yep. Um, in sal- and in- if you're playing in leagues that have positional changes during the course of the year, mm-hmm. Tom Scully coming back into that team next year might push him a little bit more time forward. So mm. he might gain forward status during the course of the year. Yeah, just to, you know... Not not rest him. That's not the right no, word. But to bursts. ease him back in, yeah, yeah, and use that speed and that um uh, that endurance in bursts. So I'm really high on him. I don't know what role he's going to play next year with <laughs> with Scully coming back in. Hopefully, but preseason watch. But 
I just I feel like he's got another couple of levels to go to. He just looks like a good fantasy player. That's what I like he about does. him, Toronto. Alrighty, number three. Yep. Um, and this one is actually for salary cap. Dusty Martin. Dust. All right. Yeah. He had such a bad fantasy year. He's been just so poor. I mean, I know he's made the All Australian squad. I know he's still a very good player. But he impacts games. But he does. He just hasn't accumulated the numbers that he did last year. Oh, he was spectacular last year. So he's averaged ninety two point nine this year. Mm-hmm. But his last three games, he's averaged one hundred and six. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So he stepped it up at the end of the year. Now the question is. Next year, do you think he can recapture some of the fantasy game he had last year? Ooh. Not to the same extent, because that was a career-best year. Absolutely. But can he step it up from this year? Well, can he step it up from the average of this year? Because he'll be priced at the average of the entirety of this exactly. year, which is reasonably poor. Yep. You know, If he can step that up to 102, 103 average, maybe yep. even 105, he might not be someone that you have in at the end of the year in your side, your best side. But he, there could be a bit of value there early. Bit of value and a bit of cash to be made. So I really like that call, yep. Matt. And then just another couple very quickly um, from a draft perspective. Jared Berry, 21 games this year, 77 We, we like Berry. He's, I mean, he there's had, a lot of Brisbane players who look good. I think he's sort of a case study of that young Brisbane midfield in general, mm. next year I reckon they're going to take a step up and mm-hmm. their averages are going to jump because there is so much talent and toughness mm. and just skill there. They're just young, lightly framed. There is going to be so much Brisbane hype with, between uh, McCluggage and yeah. Berry and you Witherden. know Witherden. So many Rainer. of these guys. Rayner. I'm not sure whether he's going to be quite as high because, again, mm. people might be put off by the second-year Blues and he is a forward. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's true. That's true. But then again, you know, he's just... Rainer's that good that he could do a Tim Taranto and take that immediate step up. So, yep. but he, And he's a name now. Number yeah. one draft pick, very mm. solid in his first year. Yep. You know, he's someone that people will take a bit earlier than maybe necessary in draft yep. leagues. So. Yep. so I think that those guys will take a step up next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is my early call. No, I love it. Absolutely um, love it. Wayne Miller, nineteen games, seventy five point three average. His last five games though, he's averaged ninety two point six, mm-hmm. playing off halfback. Loved the role change from earlier in the year. So if he'll have defensive status next year, and I think in drafts he could be a good sort of mid round pickup. He's going to be a very interesting one because uh, I know we mention keeper leagues quite often, but in a lot of keeper leagues you cut off your waiver wire pickups or and your trades sort of after the buys or reasonably soon after the buys just to stop teams from you know tanking towards the end of the year and bring in as many young players as they possibly can and then easy matchups evolving from that yeah. um, but because of those um, trade and waiver wire cutoffs you find that a lot of these guys who perform very well at the end of the year are available for your top-up drafts yep. next year. Yep. So Wayne Miller might be on yep. a lot of so that's your, draft boards your next Miller's, year. So that's your Millers, your Dumonts, mm-hmm. your um, Caleb Daniels. Yep. Um, who's, who's been incredible in yeah. the past few I mean, weeks. Those are just the ones available in our Keeper League. I'm mm-hmm. sure your own... Tom le- Scully is available in some. ours as well. But yeah, in, in your Keeper Leagues out there, there'll be some absolute bargains for the top-up draft next year. Yep. Um, there's always a few that slip through the cracks. Absolutely. And then the final one I've got is Jade Gresham. 22 games, mm. 73.2 average. Last five games, average of 83 with a couple <laughs> of good scores in there. So um, He's been very impressive and he has moved to a much more midfield role, yeah, hasn't he? But he is a bit of a buyer beware because I can see them doing what they did with Billings this year mm-hmm. where start of 2019 they might throw Gresham back into the forward line yeah. and not allow him to roam as he has been the last few weeks. Because, of course, Billings was playing a lot through the midfield last year, or and it looked like there was a, a trend towards him playing more midfield minutes, yep. and then for some reason they just stuck him up in the forward yep. line. And Hopefully they've learned from that and they'll allow him to play some midfield minutes next year because I reckon he's really exciting to watch. And they like need a bit of X-Factor. So. They do. He's fast as well, and they need a bit of speed through that midfield. He's, he's small, unfortunately, but yeah. he's, he does have that bit of X factor about him, which a lot of the St Kilda midfielders just don't have. Yeah. So there, anyway, there's... Um, Good calls, Matt. I like them. Seven options there to keep an eye on for next year. I liked all of them as well, actually. I didn't have... Uh, Trent Dumont just hurts to see. Uh, it's <laughs> because so many years I've been waiting for him to come on and he just hasn't yet. Yeah, tell me about it. But no, I did like all of those calls. And as preseason uh, rounds up next year, I'm sure each of us are going to be making some calls in the uh, some of the 2019 preseason editions of the Extended Bench podcast I'm sure we that will. we're going to hate for each other. <laughs> it's... What a great segue too. It's almost oh, as if God. you planned that. I, yeah, uh, alright. Um, 
we promised ourselves that we'd do this at the start of the year, <coughs> and I'm not happy about it in any way, shape, or form. Me neither, having looked at the uh, but looked at it today. At the start of the year, we made some preseason calls, so we made our our big calls for 2018. And this is a podcast where we are accountable for what we say. It is, we, unfortunately, we, but there, there's just there's a responsibility here to you as listeners for us to. I can't even continue with it. Put just our hands up and read, say how badly yeah, we screwed this up. Read out the shitty calls that we made at the start of the season. Oh man! All right, so we're going to dive right into this. So some of the preseason calls that we made, we we talked about best breakout players. We talked about um, best rookies, yeah, uh, best defend, and the top defender, midfielder, ruck, and forward at the end of the year. Yes. Have I missed any of the categories? Uh, no, that's all the categories. All right, so let's dive in and see what we said and oh, what right. the actual so, answers should have been. First of all, breakout player of the year. Do you remember who? Yes, you I remember. Yeah. All right. Like I'll announce it. All right. I believe I mentioned one Mr. Ryan Clark from North Melbourne you football. Did indeed. Club. Do you also remember predicting he'll go in the high 80s? Yes, I did. <laughs> Would you like to know his actual numbers? Sure. Why not? Surprise me. 19 games for an average of 70.4. Ugh. Ugh. The annoying thing about Ryan Clark is towards the middle of the year, he started showing some good numbers. He actually did what you thought he was going to do. He was getting like hundreds on the reg, and then he failed dismally again. Completely fell apart. (laughs) However... I have to say my pick was even worse than yours. I don't even know how this is possible, but (laughs) continue. So I went with... Matt Bam Bam Kennedy, also with a predicted average in the high 80s. You don't want to know his numbers? Oh man, yeah I do. Only 12 games yeah, for 64.4. Jesus. Do you want to know what's even worse? What's that? The year before that, he played 16 games for (laughs) 68.8. Oh, God. So he went backwards. He somehow went backwards. And maybe that's coming into a new team. And maybe that's because that new team was Carlton. And Carlton oh, aren't maybe. really a football team. He did have a lot of injuries as well. But even so, that was a horrible <laughs> yeah. call. It was... Uh, both of those calls were absolutely woeful. And I, I know that in our Keeper League and I think our Redraft League, I took... Ryan Clark. So I was, I carried that burden for the year. Did you get Kennedy in any of your leagues? I had him in salary cap. You started with him in salary cap. A lot of people did actually. So yeah, I don't feel quite as bad about that. I moved him on pretty quickly, Mm. but no, unfortunately, it's just some bad calls. They they happen every year, and they were our big calls too. So they're something a little bit out of the ordinary. Yep. All right. So um, who we should have gone with? Mm, Some of the guys we should have gone with. We mentioned him previously, Tim Taranto. 21 games, average of 90.9. So good. He, absolutely He's jet. been absolutely fantastic. And he started from day dot as well. In round yeah. one, he started dominating. He was getting regular hundreds. He went up in so much in price in salary cap leagues. Um, if you had started the year with him, bravo. Um, if you you know bought him in in the first couple of weeks, also bravo because that's yeah. still a big call. Um, but there were a lot of people after five, six oh, weeks yeah. trying to get him in because he was still pushing those scores. Yeah, and there was always that level of uncertainty of what would happen when the full GWS midfield came back. Because mm. Kelly was out injured, Scully was out injured, <laughs> and at one point it looked like he might come back. And so, but if you if you had the balls to go with it, yeah, you were well rewarded. Mm. All right, um, number two. Is this the best rookies? No, no. This is another possible breakout. Oh, another possible breakout. All right, someone Ed Langdon. He was really good this year. 21 games, average 88.9. He had a high of 130, mm-hmm. and he had 10 tons. It was the ceiling, which games. yes, the ceiling impressed me. Um, and if he can get that consistency, because he's still a very, very young player, yeah. he will only keep getting better from a fantasy point of view. Yeah. So those are the two breakouts we should have gone with. Yeah, and uh, you know, mid prices from last year. I, I absolutely love those calls. Yeah. All right, cash cow. Oh, these are equally bad, but this mine is even by, worse. Mine is by far the worst, and I would like to call into contention when this podcast, when we did this podcast, making our big calls. Yep. I didn't know a key piece of information, so continue. Okay, you can list I'll your go player first. Mine list first this time. <laughs> so my predicted cash cow of the year in the preseason. Yep, starting at one hundred and seventy k. Dom Barry. Dom Barry himself. <laughs> I mean, everyone had Tom Barry at the start of the year, mate. There's no issue with that. Mine is yeah, significantly so he worse. He finished up on 299,000 salary cap, mm-hmm. so he made 129k across five games, which isn't 
terrible. No, but he, then he after made he money. was dropped, he was never seen again. Nah. He, uh, he might not even be on the list anymore. For all I know, <laughs> he's been that quiet. So, so unfortunately, yeah. yeah, just it didn't quite work out. But he made 110k. So yeah, that's you, you take that every day of the week. 129k. 129k. There you go. Even better. Yeah. Yours, on the other hand, was so bad it deserves an explanation. Now, so uh, first of all. Who did you go with? Well, I went with a man who was also 170k from the GWS Giants by the name of Isaac Cumming. Now, did you pick him because he had an amusing name? <laughs> no, I didn't. So you legitimately thought he was going to be yes, good? Yes, yes. The reason why I thought he was going to be good was because uh, they had suffered the Zach Williams Achilles injury. Yep. They were needing some run from halfback. And it were, we recorded that podcast just as or just before the hype started to come about for Jeremy Finlayson. I actually remember it because he was named in the squad and you're like, who the hell is this I, guy? I, I legit had no Isaac idea coming. who that is. And I was just like, right, I think he might play one game. He's too tall to be a rebounding, key, a rebounding defender. Apparently he wasn't. He was very good at the start he of the year. He was awesome. Um, so Isaac Cumming is by far the worst call on so that list. He is now 191,000 off two games. He made 21 grand. But what a 21 grand it was, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck by my convictions. I started with him in my side from round one. Because <laughs> you were expecting Finlayson to get dropped. No, I, no, sorry. I didn't start with him in my side round one. I bought him in the very first game he played, and then he never played again. There we go. It's good stuff. Um, so he's, still, we, he's still in my salary cap. Who we should have gone with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Tim Kelly, number Tim, yeah, one. Absolutely. Started at 224k, finished on, um, I don't know what he finished on, but he made 389,000 across he was a, 22 games. He played every game. Absolute star. An absolutely amazing player. Mm-hmm. Number two, Tommy Tom, D. Our, our boy, Tommy D, Tom Dode, was awesome as well. Started at 170k, made 305 oh, of 20 games. Sweet, sweet cash. Absolutely awesome year for him. Gun. Do we have a third? We have a third. This one surprised me. I, oh, I, I can see it on your list, actually. 170k started off, mm-hmm. made 299k, but then fell away. 13 games. He was he was massive. He averaged very high in those games. Though. Sam Murray, mm, great. I was expecting him to have been overtaken, but the fact he's still number three, mm. his start to the year was amazing. Yeah, it was absolutely stellar. He fell away. He wasn't getting games, and now I mean he's embroiled in all this, you know. Uh, anti-doping yeah. stuff which is sad because a lot of people in keeper leagues would have been looking forward to what he can produce next year so yeah. you know I'm, I'm still we, we still don't know exactly what's going on there but it, it's not looking particularly great for Sam Murray unfortunately no. and fantasy owners no alright they're much better calls for rookie of the year alright so our defender of the year who did we pick our top defenders to be so I went with Yo mm-hmm. you went with Laird yes you were solid, solid picks. I was only just correct, yeah. and that was because of the last game of the round. Yeah, so Yo finished num- um, second. Um, Laird was 107.8. Yo, 106.8. So one point average. Yeah. And so that's what, 22 points across the year? I'm positive it's because of that last game where Yo got about 105 or something, and Laird got 139. Well, that's it exactly. It's yeah. that game. Yeah, so that, that just pushed Laird in the end over the top. But... Pretty solid picks there. I think. Oh, yeah. So I think we nailed that one. Easy, easy picks though. Easy picks. Yeah. Um, also, uh, center line. Center line. Also, easy picks. We both went Titch. Yeah. We I were mean, both correct. We, we, Unfortunately, we fell away a little bit with our second. With our second, because we, we realized, you know, we had to. We, we couldn't just both go Titch. We had to provide a smoky. You went with merit. Oh Jesus Christ! Who, he came back in the end, though. So man. Actually, no. First of all, I'll go back. Titch averaged one hundred and twenty-nine point one, which is. Fairly incredible. Fantastic. It's it's the best fantasy season on record. He was uh, just ridiculous. Amazing. Merritt, on the other hand, after a slow start to the year, Mm -hmm. 101.5. He was ranked 25th. 25th amongst (laughs) midfielders. Not second. You don't have to say it twice. You can just say it twice. No, no. I'll emphasize mine twice as well. I went with Dusty, who averaged 92.9. He finished 49th yeah. amongst midfielders. I can't believe Dusty was 49th when he averaged well over 110 last year. That is amazing. Who we should have gone with the second midfielder? Mm. McRae, 122.5. Just absolutely incredible. I'd like to get an honourable mention for Merritt because at least he came back into it in the end and he was in most people's top eight at the end of the year. Number 25. Damn it. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fine. No number t- number 49. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, Zach Merritt was... Uh, not Zach Merritt. Jack McRae was outstanding was the for guy. the year. Yeah. 
Um, um, forwards, honorable, oh, just quick honorable mention without any stats to back it up. Stephen Cornelio was very solid this year too. He was very averaged very about good. 108. I'll he was, tell you exactly what he averaged. He was absolutely fantastic. The fact that a lot, almost everyone started with Stephen Cornelio as well, and he just hung around in everyone's team. He had a little bit of a down patch at one stage in the season, um, but he came back from it strong, and he scored about 150 in the grand final as well, which is massive. Yeah, so Cornelio played 21 games for 110.4. 110.4. Really good. Really just good. absolutely ridiculous. Um, I just love the longevity and the continuity of it. Um, and he had some big scores too. All right, our ruck picks must have been pretty same-same. Grundy and Gorn. Who went Grundy? Uh, you did, so yes. you got that one. Yes. Um, I went Gorn. Um, I still think my top, my number one draft pick going into next year. Uh, yeah. If I had the number one pick, I'd be going Brody Grundy, to be honest. Well, he averaged 120. <laughs> Fuck. That's huge. <laughs> so I, I can't really make an argument against him. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, Tom Mitchell, obviously, is a massive choice as well. But the thing is, with drafts, if you take a Ruckman who can average you 120, or even if he goes down a bit, 110 to 115, um, you can get another midfielder who, while he might not average Titch numbers, he's going to get you 105 or so. Yeah. It's incredibly You've got such hard. An advantage in that ruck line. It's then. incredibly hard to find a ruckman apart from Gorn or Grundy who'll average you 105. You can find midfielders like that re- reasonably easily. Yeah, um, I mean Gorn was 111.3. Mm. Pretty good second. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, all right, so that's the ruck line. What about the forwards? That might get a bit more interesting. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, is it screwed, getting sad? Screwed this one up. As oh, well. we screwed the pooch on this. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went with Billings. Which I thought was quite a safe vanilla <laughs> You did. I remember this conversation at the start where you're like, I went so vanilla with all of my picks. You know, I had Yo, I had Titch, I had Gorn, and I had Billings. They're all going to be great. So Billings finished on 85.2 across the year. He was number 22 amongst forwards. Oh man, that's hilarious. You went Heaney. Uh, not as bad. Not as bad, but still not great. 90.7, he finished 11th. Yeah, he didn't. He did, I thought he might average in the Heaney zone for us between ninety five and one hundred, but he couldn't even pull that off. He couldn't even pull that off. Um, who should, should we have gone, Matt? Devin Smith. Devin Smith. One hundred six point six. Of course, had an amazing year. Absolutely, Devin um, Smith, hands down. Honorable and, mention to Justin Westhoff. Yeah. Um, after a spectacular year as well. Um, I, there's someone else that I'm forgetting about that I really want to give a, a little honorable shout out to. Uh, Danger. And that it, well, Danger came in at, towards the end of the year. Um, look, I might give a. No, I can't bring myself to do it. He's hurt me too much in the past month and a half. I was going to say Toby McLean for his amazing start to the year. Yeah, his start to the year looked like he was going to be that number one guy, but but no, he, he really trailed off. After he just Dubai. fell away big time, unfortunately. Um, there was a, I think it was from. I don't know if this necessarily explains it, but he got that shoulder hit in the game against Port at the very start of the game. Scored fifty in that game. Yeah. And he never really recovered from never it. Never looked the same afterwards, did he? Yeah. I don't know if that's a lingering injury, unfortunately. Possibly. I, th- I feel it might be a combination of that and that whole thing of this mm. is his first year playing pure midfield. Yeah. He's a pretty small guy. so. Mm. Um, but yeah, those were our... Right, um, those were our big calls, yeah. and Did not go well. And, uh, we'll, try, we'll endeavour to make much better big calls next year because we will absolutely, before the season starts in 2019, be having our annual Big Call podcast. Yeah. Um, we couldn't do much worse. No, and we're, just to add some extra responsibility or to lay some extra weight on some of these calls, there may be some bets placed. Oh, really? It, it will be interesting. Um, oh, well, that's uh, it's, it, This has been a fantastic podcast. Um, just before uh, we go, I want to talk about Risk It For The Biscuit. Yep, cool. It is our favourite game. We play it every single week. Um, I'm sure all of you out there listening now know the rules, but just in case you don't, it's the game where, you know, a lot of players off the waiver list, you're trying to stream to get one particular good week from them. So if you've got an injured player that you need replacing, if you've got someone who's, uh, you know, coming up against a, a guy that you're vastly outmanned, um, you need to get someone in who you think for one particular week will go big, we try and pick those guys off the waiver list. So generally they have to be under 50% owned in Ultimate Footy. Uh, we played our last round last week. Yep, so going into this round, mm-hmm. the scores were 15 points to you, 13 points to me. I don't like that you said going into this round because it makes it seem like you have overtaken me or drawn because well, I don't know how your players went. Well. And I know my players did awful. Your players were Daniel Rioli. Who was some sort of shocking thing. Scored 47, no points. And Warple, who also didn't score enough to get uh, Yeah, I know you... Yep, rat bastard. Uh, he scored seventy five, so he he would have t- 
tided you over in a league, yeah. but probably not enough. Generally, for midfielders, we say the cutoff is to get two okay. points worth of scoring, it's over 100. Yeah. To get one point, it's over 80. Um, and rucks, forwards, defenders, it's over 75 for a uh, uh, one point and over 95 for a two points. Yep, I think it might be 75 and 85, but... No, 75 and 90, sorry. 75 and 90, midway between. All right. Either way. Uh, My picks, I went Mitch McGovern, Mm -hmm. 73, not quite enough, but unfortunate. It was very, very close. And then finally, Josh Walker. What did he get? 56. Oh, no. I didn't didn't look at Josh Walker. So you won. I won again. You won. So I now owe you two golden biscuits. The reigning champion, because you still haven't... your, Your punishment for losing last year was you had to make the trophy... You somehow scrounged your way out of making that trophy I've all season. I've been busy. You're a busy man. For the entire year. <laughs> no, you're a busy man. Um, so, so I win for another year. Yeah, so I'll, I'll make, at some point I will make you two golden biscuits. Oh, that's good. So I look forward to earning my third title next year as well. <laughs> I bet you do. But the <laughs> other two guys that I did list as well but didn't have points attra- mm-hmm. attached to, uh, Jake Melksham got 84 that's and very good. Jack Bowes got 85. So if you had gone with those lesser options they were actually better than the ones we picked good 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 pickups i love it um well i think we're gonna end the podcast there for a little bit so well, we... before we do before what? we do i know this isn't actually on our little run sheet but you know you're not allowed to <laughs> to control the podcast no no no, no. this is the first time i i know i'm taking over All so right. you're legit cutting in <laughs> I know that you, this isn't something that's really important to you, but earlier in the season... Oh, I can see on your sheet what you're going to do. We had something right. that the fans loved. Mm. Bailey Watch. Yeah, all right. And Bailey Watch sort of trailed away a little bit, <laughs> mostly due to the lack of Baileys to actually watch in the second half of the year. Baileys went down. The no, Baileys they went, they went, down. went down quickly. They went down quickly. Um, the good news is next year we'll have an extra couple of Baileys to include in <laughs> Bailey Watch, um, which I'm looking forward to. <laughs> but I figured we might finish the year up with the first official Bailey ranking. All right, yeah, well, fine, we'll do some Bailey rankings. <laughs> it just hurts my soul. <laughs> but go ahead with your bit. <laughs> All righty, so going backwards from number five. All right. So the fifth ranked ba- mm-hmm. Bailey in the AFL, Zach Bailey. Zach Bailey, yep. Yep, 12 games for an average of 51, high of 83 this week against the Eagles. Big future for him. He, we really like him. I think he him. will go up this ranking over the years. He mm-hmm. might even lead it at some point because mm-hmm. he is... A jet. Also an individual Bailey because his <coughs> last name is Bailey as opposed to his first name being Bailey. Yes, he's a special Bailey. Yeah. Uh, number four, Bailey Rice. Oh, yeah. I liked the same. some of Bailey Rice's games this yeah, year. Yeah, there was a lot of potential. Only 11 games for 52.5. The The worry is he had a lot of games where he scored so poorly, but, you know, he's a he's a young <coughs> player still. He Hopefully, had a low of 26. Yeah. I mean, he's not great. He's absolutely not worth a keep in keeper leagues. No. He's not worth a look at in drafts next year either. No. But in, you know, two, three, four years after that, See what kind of defender he evolves into. Yeah. And he's a little bit more developed physically than Zach Bailey at this stage, which is pretty much the only reason he's ahead of him. Yeah. I think uh, Zach Bailey has a lot more upside. Agreed. Number three, Bailey Dale. My Bailey. Your Bailey. My Bailey. Uh, 10 games for an average of 58.3. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> he had a high of 93 versus Brisbane, but he also had a low of 20 versus Adelaide. Ugh. He's even more developed again, which is pretty much why he's mm. ahead. Plus, he's probably a best 22 player mm. when he's fit. Um, but I don't think he has as much upside. Yeah. So he's number three. And then this is where it gets exciting. All right. Number one and number two. Yeah, number one and number two. Mid-season, this would have been a clear separation. It would have been massive, to be honest, but it got very close. It drew back a lot, mainly due to one Bailey failing. (laughs) A bail fail. A bail fail. No, so, no, don't let that become a thing. Continue, please. <laughs> that, that was awful. That's the worst thing I've ever done on this podcast. In second spot, Bailey Williams. Dogs back, 14 games from an average of 79.9, high of 114, low mm. of 53. Just consistent. Mm. What, what are you average for the year, sorry? 79.9. Which is Wow. He was pretty much going at about 75 to 80 every game. Yeah, he was, he so was that absolutely standard deviation was pretty good as well, mm. I reckon. Um, and I think he's got a good future ahead of him. He, they like giving him the ball. He's a good user off halfback. Um, so I think he'll be a he's a he's a good lock I reckon. Be interesting to see how him and Caleb Daniel <coughs> partner up on the halfback flanks next year because I, I do believe Caleb Daniel will be playing halfback. I agree, and I reckon he that will massively boost his um, fantasy stocks for next year. Absolutely. So All right. the best Bailey in the league, the top Bailey, the best Bailey in the land, Bailey Fritch, <laughs> only just 
because he really fell away in the second half of the year. Yeah. But 21 games for 74.5. He had a high of 126 versus the Doggies. Mm-hmm. Um, he had lots of scores in the 70s, and he had four 90s. He's good. Mm. And he's, he's, he's a really solid player across pretty much every line, but it's just yeah. that his role really affects his scoring. So he really fell back in that second half of the year. But, mm. yeah. That's our Bailey ranking. Our no. First official First Bailey official ranking. Bailey ranking. And the Bailey watch, look, uh, do we continue <clears throat> it into next year? Do you want to continue it into next year? I think the fans will want it to continue. All right, fine. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So we'll continue hey, the we, Bailey. We got an official hashtag Bailey watch we on did. Twitter we this year. We did get an official hashtag Bailey watch from someone that isn't known to the podcast, which was the best part of it. So... Um, that's very, very interesting. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting year next so, year. Plus, two more Baileys coming into the competition. Bailey Smith and another Bailey William. Yeah, Bailey Smith is going to probably be a top five draft pick as well, or top six draft pick I at the very least. So yeah. So wow, that that's <clears throat> looking pretty big. So the Bailey watch will be bigger and better next year. <laughs> oh God. I and feel, what a way to finish the year off. I feel like if we're doing the stupid Bailey watch again next year, there needs to be some sort of consequence to it. There needs to be, like, maybe you and I a make Bailey a call. Bet. Maybe we make a big call. Another big call. A Bailey bet. Ooh. We we call who we think is going to be the best averaging Bailey for the entire year. And... I could get behind that. And, and, and there's got to be something to it. Like, the loser has to buy the winner, like, a bottle of Baileys or something stupid like that. <laughs> now, that sounds like a lose-lose. Because someone's spending money on Baileys <laughs> and the other person's getting a bottle they're never going to drink. <laughs> but they have a bottle that they can lord over the other, the other person for all time. Or maybe you could just be like, that's your trophy, a bottle of Baileys, <laughs> and you hand that to the next person who wins every single year. Right, I'm cool with that. All right, I love it. And what we're going to do is we're <laughs> going to end the podcast on that note. Thank I you. have no more interjections. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone out there who's listening to the podcast and been listening all year. We had yeah. a fantastic time doing it. It's a lot of fun. We really appreciate appreciate you listening. We really appreciate your questions. Mm-hmm. Um We'll still be around in the off-season, yeah, so don't, we're not leaving thoughts... you, We're not leaving you high and dry. We're going to be doing some podcasts around the draft. Yep. We're going to be doing a podcast around the trade as well. Uh, and, of course, we're going to be doing a fair bit of pre-season content too. So yep. uh, we look forward to the next couple of podcasts still to come for 2018. Yep. Uh, and, obviously, we're really looking forward to pre-season of 2019. Oh, yeah. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. But to say goodbye for the... Uh, the home and away season for Fantasy 2018. Once again, thank you from myself and from Matt. Thank you so much. And we hope you enjoyed your season. Yeah.